Hi everyone, welcome to Heart to Heart Pod, a safe space to have honest and vulnerable conversations to connect and heal our hearts. So I have a very special guest today. She is a very close friend of mine and her name is Sarah. Hi Sarah. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, this is my first podcast. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm nervous, but excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like everyone is nervous and even for myself, I, I'm always excited but also a little nervous too um, mm-hmm. and I do want to introduce everyone to you um, Sarah is a really good friend of mine and we met through work so we were former colleagues yeah yes that is very true we met through work and this was a few years ago yeah, um, yeah that's how we met and we have been friends ever since then yeah, yeah. We both no longer work there anymore. We don't work together anymore. But mm-hmm. we still hang out outside of work and we uh, keep up with each other's lives. And I have to say, like, Sarah is a really loving, smart, and wise oh. friend. <laughs> because, like, like sometimes I'm like, oh, Sarah is, like, a few years younger than me. But I'm like, but she's so wise. And I, I go to her for advice and stuff, too. Oh, thank you. That's such a compliment. You're making me blush. Oh, that's so nice. You know, I, I also like confiding in you with things and like going to you for advice. So the feeling is definitely mutual. Oh, so Sarah, do you want to introduce yourself briefly? Yes. So my name is Sarah, as you already know, and I work for the federal government. Um, And at my workplace, I am a mental health ambassador, specifically for the Not Myself Today program with uh, the Canadian Mental Health Association. So, yeah, that's my little intro. Wow. I did not know that. (laughs) That Yeah, now you know. (laughs) Great. Our topic today is mental health and therapy. And I actually wanted to talk to Sarah and do this episode for months now. Um, But it just happened that I'm like, okay, let's do this. And it's May and it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we have had conversations about this several times. Um, I do want to say that we are not mental health experts. We are just sharing our personal experiences and how we manage our mental health and work on ourselves through therapy. And I want to ask Sarah, uh, why is mental health important to you? Okay, so first thing is first, like you said, uh, we're not mental health experts. I'm not a mental health expert. So everything I say today is just based off of my own personal experience. And I actually think your timing with this episode was really good, (laughs) Tina, even though you weren't really planning it, but it ended up happening during (laughs) Mental Health Awareness Month, which is great. Uh, So yes, why is mental health important to me? Well, the first reason and the main reason I would say is because I do have social anxiety, which is a mental health issue. And I have friends and family who also have mental health issues. So because of those reasons, mental health is really important to me. And also, like I just mentioned, I'm a mental health ambassador at work. And this was a role that I had to put my hand up for. And I specifically took on that role because of how passionate I am about mental health. And uh, yeah, that's the main reasons why mental health is so important to me. I'm really glad that, you know, you're sharing this with us. I know it's not easy. And even for myself, I feel like because I also experience mental health 
issues growing up. Um, this is a really important topic that I want to talk about. And, um, and growing up, I had to like learn to live with anxiety and manage it as well. So I actually relate to the social anxiety. And I do know a lot of people who also experience mental health issues and are seeking therapy or working with a therapist. I, I have introduced this to some people that I know about therapy and I do openly talk about it. And a lot of people did uh, decide to seek therapy after having conversations with me. Um, I definitely want to normalize having conversations around mental health too and seeking therapy to remove that stigma. Um, I know that we are all dealing with our own mental health, especially during this time. A lot of us are not feeling our best selves. We're going through a lot internally during the pandemic and we are going through a lot up and down. So I want everyone to really learn to take care of your mental health and prioritize yourself. So. I hope that this episode will be a good reminder for that. And um, yeah, so Sarah, how have you been prioritizing your mental health lately? Uh, so the main way that I've been prioritizing my mental health as of late is through therapy. Um, and when I say that, I mean what I find to be quality therapy for myself and you know, like I've had multiple therapists in the past, in the past, and uh, you really have to take the time to find a therapist who's right for you. So like what I did was, um, you know, I read all of their bios, I did consultations, I also compared prices, because, you know, therapy is not cheap, it can be expensive. Now, if you uh, work, and you have coverage for therapy, uh, even if it's partial coverage, that's a really big help. But um if you don't, there are also free therapy services, which I can go into later. But yeah, the main way I've been helping myself and prioritizing my mental health is through therapy. Um, I've also found that doing the work that's involved with therapy has been a big help, although it's also been challenging at the same time. So for me specifically, what I'm talking about is stepping outside of my comfort zone and advocating for myself. So Aside from therapy, though, just doing little things to make myself feel better, I noticed, has helped. Uh, so, for example, uh, I have a very nice, lovely, large bedroom in the basement of my house, okay? Um, yeah. And I like it because it's very spacious and uh, there's no windows, right, because it's in the basement. So when I turn off the lights, it's very dark and that really helps me when I sleep. And also because the temperature is cooler, it also helps me when I sleep because, you know, with the cooler temperature, you usually get better sleep. Mm -hmm. But I notice that when I wake up in the morning, there's that lack of natural light because it happens to be in the basement. So instead of going to the bathroom down there in the basement to do my skincare routine, I'll usually just go upstairs and do it because that way I can like feel the natural light, you know, and like experience the brightness and um, it just feels better. So little things like that. And also I love doing my skincare routine. This is like a self-care thing I do to make myself feel better, you know, improve my <laughs> mental health. But it just feels so nice and I just love it. So little things like that as well is what I've been doing. No, that's great. Um, I'm glad that you shared the little things that you do 
um, in terms of taking care of yourself, but also something a little bit bigger and requires a bit more work, which is therapy. And I know for myself, therapy is a huge investment, but it is worth it. And it does um, allow you to do a lot of inner work and it, and it is really challenging. Um, and yeah, even for myself, I have been feeling really heavy in the first quarter of 2021. Um, I have been going through quite a lot in my own personal life and I wasn't able to really pull myself out of it um, just by doing the regular self-care activities. So I have been um, seeking therapy more consistently and because I've been doing therapy on and off for a couple of years and I myself too have worked with uh, many therapists and I know for, for myself it started one with work when I um, knew about the employee assistance program. So that is the short term sessions that are covered by um, the employer. And, um, but basically the first quarter of this year, I actually used my work insurance. So not the employee assistance program. And it's decided to work with a psychotherapist more frequently. So I met with her weekly. And um, again, therapy is a huge investment, but I do want to say that you are your biggest asset, so you are worth it. Um, so I decided, like, you know, I want to do it more frequently. And um, other things that I do is I actually started dancing a lot more. <laughs> dancing, eh? Yeah, it's, it's um, interesting because I don't really dance, but I think it's also like sometimes I need to get out of the state of feeling down. And I know that one way is like through movement right so like exercising but also like I just put blast on some music and I start dancing and I, I change my state um so I do that and then I also do mindset work every day um so I am the type of person who thinks and feels a lot and I want to be more intentional with each day so I would do like journaling um or read something like I love to read self-help books and um, or like even like read like positive motivating content on social media. I do follow uh, a couple of therapists on social media too. And um, listening to lifestyle podcasts, that type of thing. And even my previous episode, I did mention that I do gratitude journaling at nighttime at the end of the day. Um, but I also start my morning reading a previous entry. So like I don't start my morning looking at my phone first thing. I think that if I do that, I'll be bombarded with too many messages or too many like thoughts that I don't want to start my day off by doing that. Well, that all sounds like really good stuff. And I like how you mentioned the dancing thing <laughs> because it is like, it's a mood booster. You're right. Yeah. Like it makes you happy and it's a form of exercise too. And exercise has been proven to boost your mood. Um, <laughs> and the gratitude journal thing is really nice because I saw a video featuring Oprah and Oprah mentioned <laughs> that you should do a gratitude journal. And if like, you're going to listen to anyone, it's going to be Oprah, right? Like who else yeah, are you going to listen to? True. So, <laughs> I know like, you do it too. Like you would share like your gratitude for the day too 
Yeah, it's really nice. Actually, I think I know what you're talking about because on my Instagram lately, I've been posting uh, every day like a yeah. thing that I'm grateful for. Yes. So the reason why I'm doing that is because it's Ramadan right now and I'm fasting. So it lasts for about 30 days, right? So during this month, you're supposed to, you know, of course, fast. Um, you can basically have an opportunity to get closer to God and be more spiritual and thankful and grateful. So that's why every day during Ramadan, I plan to post one thing that I'm grateful for, whether it's something big or small, mm -hmm. but having that collection of things to look back on, like you said, you look at um, something you were grateful for every morning that you wrote previously. Mm -hmm. That's something I think that's really beneficial because it's a nice reminder, right? Even if you're having a bad day or a bad morning, or maybe last night wasn't that great, mm -hmm. you can look at that and say, okay, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. There's always a silver lining in there. And it's nice to have that reminder for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, like that quote where like every day might not be a good day, but there's always something good in each day. Good about every day. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, I'm, I actually really enjoy doing that. And that's the most consistent habit I have <laughs> to date. If you do have mental health problems, uh, what are the challenges it poses to your life? And uh, uh, this is a great question <laughs> by Sarah. <laughs> yes, yes. I was like, oh, we need to discuss this because we got to be real, right? Yeah. And like, it's hard. Like having a mental health issue is difficult. It's not a walk in the park. Not that I think people believe it is, but it's good to just talk about it, you know? So for me, I can only speak for myself. Um, I do have social anxiety, but I have friends who have social anxiety and their struggles are different from mine. So that's one thing that I just want to put out there. You can have the same mental illness as someone, you can be categorized in the same box, but your experiences are going to be different. So just to keep that in mind. So for me, um, with my social anxiety, I find it can be harder for me to approach people, um, like people that are new, people that I don't know very well, and it takes me a longer time. And the reason why is because, because of my social anxiety, I have that anxiety, that fear of judgment that's usually present. I am scared that people are going to judge me negatively, even if there's no basis for that, right? Because if you think about it, if you're going up to someone new, right, and introducing yourself, they don't know anything about you. So it's not like they have a misconception of you, or they think something badly of you. But for some people who have social anxiety, this is just a fear of theirs. Their body goes into like a fight or flight mode. And even though there's no danger present, it feels like there's danger there in introducing yourself, you know, in talking to someone new and getting to know someone, putting yourself out there and making yourself vulnerable to that. And I think people who don't have social anxiety might not understand this, but it's a legitimate fear for a lot of people who do have social anxiety. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing that a lot of people with social anxiety experience is they overthink things like to an extreme, they catastrophize um, and they make assumptions. So for example, you might think, Oh, um, you know, I uh, said good morning to this person and they said good morning back, but 
they looked like they were upset or down. And then from that thought, it could go to, oh my gosh, are they upset with me? What did I do? What did I do in the past few days? Did I say something to that person? Does this person not like me? Oh my gosh, does this person hate me? What can I do to fix this? So you see how you go from one small action and kind of catastrophize and think of the worst possible scenarios. So that's something that happens to a lot of people who experience social anxiety. Um, and they make assumptions about, you know, what is someone else thinking because of this fear that they have, the anxiety that they experience within themselves. Uh, another thing that I've noticed for myself is that I do, actually, I'm better now. I've made progress, but especially in the past, I had a lot of difficulty saying no to people. You know, whether it's something about work or uh, personal life or like a favor um, that a friend asks you to do for them, uh, it has been difficult for me in the past to say no because I don't want to offend that person by saying no to them, you know, to their request. But what I've learned is that, you know, I don't think anymore that it's offensive to say no to someone back then before I got anxiety treatment. That's the fear that I had is that I would offend them by saying no. But I realized that, you know, it's important to just be upfront with what you can and can't do. There's no reason to be offended by that. And no one would probably no one would be offended by that. If they are offended, then, you know, that's, that's kind of their problem because I think it's important to be upfront. Like I said, with what you're capable of doing and what you feel you can do at the moment, what you can't. So those are the typical symptoms and challenges that I've noticed with my social anxiety. But I found that therapy has really, really helped me a lot with those. Um, so specifically CBT, that's cognitive behavior therapy. Uh, that was the first form of anxiety treatment that I tried, which it basically teaches you how to alter your way of thinking, right? So this could be helpful in a case where you do overthink or you catastrophize and make assumptions and jump to the worst conclusion. Um, and that really did help, especially as an introduction to anxiety treatment. Uh, yes, yeah, so those are the challenges that I have faced with that. Well, you explained everything so well. Uh, thank you for sharing like all of that and your examples too. Uh, I also have done CBT treatment and um, I can relate to a lot of what you've said as well. Um, I also wanna say that I am so happy to witness your growth. Like you have grown so much over the years and I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That means so much to me. And also, you know, when we met, I didn't even know I had social anxiety. Oh. When we met, I yeah. thought I was just shy. I didn't I wasn't even aware that I had a mental health issue. I <laughs> thought it was all it all came down to my personality and that I was shy. And, you know, it's weird because I could sense in my body that I was feeling fear, mm. but it didn't register in my mind as fear. It registered in my mind as I'm just shy you know? Okay. So it's, it's, uh, it's great to hear that, you know, you see an improvement in me and that you're yeah. proud of, you know, how far I've come, because I think the hardest thing to do, or the first step I should say, is identifying that you have a mental health issue, because if you can't identify it, then you can't be expected to treat it. Because mm -hmm. you don't know what it is, right? right exactly. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I definitely experienced many challenges growing up. So I did have um, a lot of anxiety growing up, 
and I would say even low self-esteem. And I, it was a lot much worse when I was younger. Um, I definitely did have social anxiety as a little girl. And I knew that I needed help, but I didn't know where to seek it. Like I didn't even know, like I knew about therapy, maybe from like shows and movies. And, but for me, I was thinking, oh, like that must be so expensive. And like, I don't know the resources to seek help too. And um, I know like you, I think you told me before that at least at work, I am perceived to be pretty social with the people at work. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> from like, my perspective, at yeah, least. Yeah, from your perspective. Um, and I guess, like, I do really did enjoy, like, talking to everyone at work. And I I think I did approach you and said hi to you uh, mm-hmm. first, too. And um, even someone said I was, like, the happiest person at work. But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's because I... I do enjoy working with the people that I worked with. So that's why I'm so happy. And also I wasn't really enjoying the work I was doing too. So Mm -hmm. um, the people mattered so much to me and that was what I look forward to. Mm -hmm. I see. So what you're saying is because, you know, you were looking for something more in terms of the work you were doing, you kind of uh, look towards the people that were around you instead because you found that they were enjoyable to interact with and talk to and yeah. also, um, like, for, for myself, what I find is that, say, sometimes I walk into a room and I observe the room and the people in it and, and the energy, too, right? I, I feed onto other people's energy pretty easily. And mm-hmm. maybe I might notice someone who is, um, like, sitting by themselves. Like, they could be perfectly, like, comfortable and fine and don't want to talk to anyone. But I think mm-hmm. for me, I feel like I kind of relate to them in some way like maybe I feel like we have similar energies or similar personality or something like that and I feel like also I think I have good judgment with people at least like I know you're a good person so sometimes I feel like okay like why don't I just go up and say hi um this wasn't always like this though of course like it's just Mm -hmm. over the years I've gotten a lot better in terms of meeting new people and, and introducing myself but I think it's also like when I saw you, I felt like, oh, like, I feel like we can be friends. I feel like I can kind of see it where I can see a connection. And that's why I also introduced myself to like a couple of other people at work too. Maybe we have similar personalities. And if I don't say hi or if neither of us actually make the move to introduce ourselves, then there isn't that connection. And I feel like that's, that's also why I um, approached some people at work but anyways um I do want to say that um, when I was younger it was definitely a lot worse and um yeah when I was younger some something as simple as um raising my hand and speaking up in class was so difficult um and mm-hmm. I would experience symptoms like I knew that I was so scared too like symptoms like my I would be so nervous um speaking up in class my body would actually be shaking um I would yeah. have sweaty palms um maybe my voice might even shake and my mouth is dry uh, I definitely feel like my heart beating really fast like I actually experienced all of those and I was like that was how bad it was um mm-hmm. And I remember doing really simple tasks was so challenging, like ordering food at a restaurant or talking to a stranger. Um, Little things like that made it really hard for me to live my life. 
Um, but then like, so I actually kind of, I'm aware of how that I had some type of like mental health um, illness when I was younger, mm-hmm. but not knowing how to face it or not really knowing what exactly it might be. Um, but I'm glad that like I have gotten a lot better over the years in terms of just being exposed to different experiences and, and people in my life. And yeah, even like therapy, I haven't, I only really started a couple of years ago. Um, but I also realized how much like, like working on my mindset and how it all starts with the mind. Um, so therapy definitely has helped a lot in, in my mindset and CBT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm really glad to hear that, you know, you've basically made leaps and bounds in terms of your improvement, especially considering the physical symptoms that you used to experience when you were a child, because anxiety, you do have a very physical response to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be very visible, right? Um, a lot of the times, someone's mental health issue is not visible. For example, if someone someone may be very happy and outgoing and talkative and personable, uh, let's say in the workplace, but that person might have depression. And you might not be able to see that, but the thing is, you you don't know what they're experiencing inside, right? So, um, but yeah, anxiety is a very physical thing. You do get a very physical response to it. So, and honestly, I'm not surprised that you weren't aware that you had anxiety when you were young, because I don't know about you, but I have found that mental health is not really a thing that people talked about back in the <laughs> 90s, 2000s, even like up to like mid 2010s, it wasn't that discussed and there wasn't a lot of education about it. And I feel like that's something that should be taught in schools if it's not taught currently for the newer generation, because there's a lot of children who have mental health issues and they don't know because they have never been taught about it. And like I said, if you don't know what you have, how are you supposed to treat it? Because you don't know what to treat. Right. Um, And you may just think, oh, I'm just shy. It's just a personality thing. Right. You might not realize it's a mental health thing. So, um, yeah, the fact that you and I have come so far without having early education about mental health is really something that's amazing, I think. And that's why I think to all those of you who are adults now and have children in your life, whether they're your own kids or nephews or nieces or little cousins or just any kind of kids in your life. Um, I think it's important to be aware of that because I would hope, like for me, if I have children in my life, like I do have a nephew, but, you know, um, I would want to educate them about these things or at least just be aware of it myself so I can spot any signs that show up. So, you know, if they do need help, they can get help because they'll actually know what it is that they're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Like everything that you said about not knowing and not even like having these conversations growing up or um, not even knowing anyone who seeks therapy and how much it really does help and how this is why we're doing this today. We want to um, let people be aware of this and also um to educate, but just to open up these conversations. So with mental health problems, are there any benefits that it adds to your life? 
Okay, so this is a surprising answer for a lot of people, I feel, because, you know, I have said that I have social anxiety and I've gone over all the challenges that it adds to my life. But I find that there are benefits for me personally, okay? And I think it really depends on the individual that you ask. Some people who experience social anxiety might say there's no benefits to it. Like, I hate it. And to be honest, I don't love that I have social anxiety, but I do also acknowledge the benefits. And for me, these are the benefits that I see in myself. So this is something I discussed with my therapist, actually. But um, I discovered that because of my social anxiety, I can see and notice things that others might not be able to. And what I mean by that is that I'm more observant of others around me and I'm usually more mindful of those around me so because of that that I think that that has caused me to be more empathetic and considerate of other people and that's made me a better friend and a better person I think so if there's any benefit to my social anxiety I would say that that's it just I think it's allowed me to be a kinder person because I'm more understanding or I would like to think I'm more understanding of other people you know so for example instead of just um saying the first thing that comes to mind out of curiosity i will consider okay you know how is that person behaving right now do they seem comfortable is it really okay for me to push this question onto them right now in front of other people i don't think so i'm just gonna hold off for their benefit, because I think sometimes people will say things without having bad intentions, but they'll say it without considering what the other person might be going through. And that's where some unintentional damage can be done. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to think that it makes me a better person too. Um, definitely like more empathetic and compassionate with others. And it also makes me think, I always like remind myself to be kind to other people because everyone is fighting their own battles and you can only see what they choose to show. So always be kind. Um, They may seem like the happiest person, but they could be going through a lot internally. And um, just to be more self-aware and to practice the self-compassion on myself too. Uh, Through therapy, I've learned to like self-soothe and regulate my thoughts and emotions a lot better. And it has helped me continue to work on myself and become a better and stronger, stronger version of me. So I definitely think that even though it is really challenging having these, um, this mental health um, illness, it has added benefit to my life in that way. Yeah, and I think that's totally accurate and valid. Like, I think people see sometimes I think some people see those who have a mental health issue as okay there's this person who is a whole but because of this mental health issue they have a part of them that's damaged that's not usable so they are less than whole now right because there's a fraction of them that's um not good like you know broken can't use it right but I think what people fail to recognize is that with every with every disadvantage that you have or with every circumstance that causes a disadvantage to you, there's usually something that is brought out within you that makes up for that. And 
makes you doesn't make you any less just because you have this one part of you that needs work it brings out a part of you that is a strength that other people might not possess mm -hmm. like the ability to be more compassionate and considerate of others so yeah that's just something to be aware of right yeah mm -hmm. and when it comes to all things mental health related what are some do's and don'ts um, for people Oh my gosh, I have so many. Okay, so just yeah. bear with me because yeah, no. I have a lot to say good, about this. Good. Okay, so the first thing, and we just touched on this, is please, everybody, find it within yourself. I know you can all do it. <laughs> to be considerate and empathetic with other people, okay? So I touched on this a little bit, just briefly, but sometimes people just do things or say things without bad intentions, you know, they don't have any ulterior motives or bad intent, but they also don't think sometimes before they do or say those things. Okay. So depending on what you say and who you say to, that could negatively affect them. And that's not something that we want, I would think, for anybody. So I had an example of this. And um, what happened was this was a few years ago. This was before I was aware that I had social anxiety. This is before I was re receiving treatment. I was in a group of people. Okay. And we we're all sitting down and we were, well, they were talking, but I was very anxious and I felt out of my comfort zone because I was with a bunch of people that I knew of, but I didn't really know that well. And they were discussing things and I was just, you know, being quiet, being observant, just sitting back kind of thing right and this one person in the group oh my gosh I still remember this and it still makes me a little nervous to think about it they just it was it was so there was like a little a little bit of a lull in the conversation and they just looked at me right and they were like hey you're not saying anything how come you're so quiet and that it might not sound like a big deal to a lot of people because it's just a question and I'm sure you know, I'm like 99% sure that person didn't have any bad intent, wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to make Sarah feel uncomfortable today. I don't think that's what they were thinking. But because they asked me that, I like felt very uncomfortable. And that's one of the worst things you can do to someone who has social anxiety is to put them on the spot when they are clearly, you can see that they are not jumping into the conversation, right? that they prefer to be kind of on the sidelines. So I was kind of flustered and I didn't know what to say because I didn't expect that. I didn't think that they were going to uh, put me on the spot like that in front of a bunch of people. So I took a little bit, but then I was just like, you know, oh, um, I'm like a shy person. And so it takes me a bit of time to like get to know someone before I start like contributing, like in social discussions and stuff like that. Um, and that was fine. They were nice about it. But the thing is that bothered me the whole day afterwards, right? Even though it was done with and people might think it's such a minor thing. But at that point in time, for me, I was like, Oh, why did this have to happen? If I could have seen this happening, I just wouldn't have sat down with them. I would have just stayed at my desk, right? Because it bothered me. But, um, you know, now having gone through treatment and therapy and all of those things, if someone were to ask me that, I would just straight up tell them, hey, well, I have social anxiety, so it can be difficult for me to uh, throw myself into a discussion at first. And now I have power in saying that. I think before 
I would have been embarrassed to admit to people that I have social anxiety because uh, remember what I said that there are people who feel like once you have a mental health issue, there is something wrong with you and you're not a whole person anymore because you have this fracture within you, right? And I think I would have felt that telling people I have social anxiety would have made me feel vulnerable and maybe people would think, oh, what's wrong with her? Like, obviously she has some sort of issues, right? Um, but now my perspective has totally changed and I feel a lot of power in that because now it's like when I tell someone I have social anxiety, what are they going to say? You're going to say something to me? I don't think so, right? And if you do say something rude or offensive, that just shows what a terrible person you are. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, uh, that's how I would have dealt with it now. Just explain, you know, I have social anxiety. Um, but yeah, you know, not everyone has gone through treatment and some people have gone through treatment, but they're not at the point that they want to be at yet. So just to be considerate um, of others and be mindful of what you say before you say it or what you do before you do it, because you never know what someone is experiencing and how it could affect them, right? For someone who had more severe social anxiety than me, than I did at that time, it could have affected them way worse maybe they would have thought about it for like a whole week like who knows maybe their whole weekend would have been ruined like you never know right so just to be mindful of that so that's the first thing oh about this this is something interesting that I noticed um, this may sound counterintuitive but I found personally in my experience that some people who have social anxiety actually might have better social skills than some people who don't have social anxiety. Mm. Um, and I say this because if you refer to the example I just talked about, sometimes people with social anxiety are more aware of their surroundings instead of just blurting out whatever comes to mind. And that is a social skill, right? Being able to read a situation and being able to avoid making someone else uncomfortable. So, yeah, just yeah. an interesting tidbit that I noticed over the years. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing, I, I can't believe I have to say this, but I do have to say this. And it's so sad that I have to say this, but it's reality. Don't bully people, okay? Everybody, please, don't bully people. Adults bully people, too. It's not just children who bully people. Adults are can also be bullies. And... So the previous point that I made um, about the whole, oh, you know, that person asking me, why are you so quiet? That is a circumstance in which the person said something not with bad intentions, just out of ignorance. They weren't aware, right, that it would make me uncomfortable. They didn't think about it. Not saying that it was a good thing that they did, but it, they didn't do it out of bad intent. But there are people who will do things knowing that it hurts someone and continue to do it anyways, and that's bullying, okay? So anything like taking a joke too far when you know the other person is not okay with it, or even if they don't tell you they're not okay with it, you should be able to understand when you're taking a joke too far. Or if you start joking, quote unquote, about someone without being close to them or knowing them that well, I feel like, and this is just my personal opinion, I don't think that's a joke. I think that's just an excuse to make fun of someone at their own expense. Because if you have a close relationship with someone and you joke about someone all the time, you know, you like, you know, whatever, um, have that kind of relationship, that's fine. Because you know that that person won't be offended and won't be hurt by what you're saying. But if you don't know someone, just, you know, it's better to play it safe than sorry. Don't 
make a joke at someone else's expense if you don't know how they're going to take it. Okay. And I have seen this happen to people that I know. And it's really sad to know that it has happened to them and to see the toll it takes on their mental health. And it just makes me so angry. Like if I'm being honest, I get so upset. I have zero tolerance for people who do that. Like absolutely none. Um, And I just want to say to anyone who's experienced something like that before, um, you know, okay, I'll just give an example. Let's say that you're in a school, right? Mm -hmm. And you like the school, you have friends there, you have teachers that you like, you like the, you know, you're on the team or whatever. I don't know. You like the school, but there is someone who is bullying you and it just ruins everything for you. It just ruins your experience, even though there are so many good things about it your whole experience is tainted because of how severely that person's bullying affects you, right? My advice would be to try to go to someone, an authority figure for help, right? Some people are able to do that. They have that skill to go to a teacher or a principal in this specific example I'm I'm giving, which is a school setting, right? Um, To get help. But not everyone has that ability yet, right? And you may be thinking, well, if it's a school situation, then the parents would have that ability to go to the teacher or principal. But not everything is in a school situation. Some things happen at work. Mm -hmm. Some things happen outside of work, outside of school. And, um, you know, some people may feel that they don't have the ability to go to an authority figure because they don't want to be a burden. They feel that, you know, they're scared that they're going to be a burden, that they're going to ruin things for everyone, that people are going to talk about them being a snitch, whatever, whatever. Right. Um, And because of that, they may say, okay, you know what, I have to pull myself out of this situation. I have to change schools or I have to change whatever environment I'm in. I have to leave. And, you know, it is sad when that happens, but I want to tell people um, that, just because you might not have the strength right now to go to someone for help or, you know, to take things all the way up, that doesn't mean that you have no strength. Because remember that prioritizing your own well-being and taking yourself out of that situation is strength in itself. And it's strength that other people might not have. So I don't want people who have experienced that before to feel that, oh, I'm a coward or I, you know, I can't speak up for myself. I can't do anything right. I can't defend myself. That's not true. You might not have gained the skill to reach out for help yet, but Mm -hmm you have the skill to help yourself. And that's proven when you were able to take yourself out of that situation. Doesn't mean that you're running away. It means that you are finding the strength within yourself to protect yourself. And that's what's the most important, your own protection, your own well-being. Okay. So I just want to make that point to anyone who's experienced um, bullying or anything that negatively affects their mental health. Don't see yourself as a coward because you're not a coward and you're not weak. You just haven't gained that skill yet to maybe reach out to someone else for help, but you do have strength, enough strength to protect yourself. Okay. So yes, that was a little heavy, but it's it's very true. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up about bullying and the advice that you gave and it was just all really good information. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the that's the second thing. Now, the third thing that I'd like to say to people is, please, uh, please educate yourself about mental health. Okay, so I'm um, 
an ambassador at work for mental health. And so I send monthly emails up to my team about various topics surrounding mental health, like language, do's and don'ts. So in that sense, I am providing them with uh, a bit of an education, like a small form of education, just around certain topics of mental health through my emails, if they choose to read it, right? Some people might not read it, some people may delete it, that's their choice. But I do urge you to please educate yourself about mental health, because there are so many people who have mental health issues, you probably know someone who has a mental health issue, and you might not even know that they have a mental health issue. Okay, so it's really important to educate yourself because we have to remember that it's no one else's responsibility to educate us. We have the responsibility to educate ourselves. Okay, and if you choose not to educate yourself, that's your choice. And no one can force you to educate yourself. But I do urge you to educate yourself because I believe it will make you a better person and have you be more understanding of other types of people. And you might just be able to help someone that you love and care about, right? So, and also this is another thing with educating yourself about mental health. It does help to educate yourself because it does away with harmful attitudes about mental health. So, you know, saying things like, people choose to be depressed because they want attention and that they can fix it if they want to. It's all about willpower, but they just want attention. And so they say that they're depressed. You know, that's a very inconsiderate and uneducated view. And all that shows is ignorance and that you're not a kind person. And it's those (laughs) kinds of attitudes that cause mental health stigma. And it doesn't help the person with their mental health issue. It just hurts them and makes it worse. So I think educating yourself is really important. Now, the other thing that I would say is if you experience a mental health issue or, or if you don't, it's, I would encourage you to distance yourself from any toxic behavior that makes you feel bad, that takes a toll on your mental health. I did have a, a situation once where um, I decided to distance myself from someone because they were making me feel bad. And every time I thought about them, I just felt bad and it was taking a toll on my mental health. And so for that reason, I decided to distance myself from them. And they were angry at me because of that, because of my choice to distance myself. And, you know, first, I just want to say that if someone is angry or upset with you for taking care of your own mental health, don't even let that bother you because the primary thing to be concerned about is your own well-being, okay? So just one thing I want to note. So yes, they were upset because of that. And they started, you know, saying very hurtful things to me. And I understood in my mind that they probably aren't even thinking about what they're saying right now. They're probably just so upset that they are just having word vomit, right? And just saying whatever comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not an excuse to treat someone badly, right? So if anything, yeah, if anything, that experience taught me that I made the right decision, right? Mm -hmm. By distancing myself from that person because of how negative they were being and how harmful they were being. And so sometimes it's hard to distance yourself from toxic behavior. um, But I think sometimes it's necessary, right? Especially if it's to your benefit. Um, so there's that. And the we're on number five now. 
I've been counting <laughs> the number. But the fifth thing that yeah. I would say, yeah, is, uh, um, okay, here's a tricky thing, okay? I don't really have a concrete answer to this because I don't really know how to navigate this 100%, but I can tell you what I think. Um, so sometimes a person will be really overwhelmed by their mental health, right? And in that feeling of, you know, being overwhelmed, they will reach out to someone like a friend or someone or a family member. And the thing is, sometimes, depending on the person that they are reaching out to, that person might feel, okay, this is too overwhelming for me. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to respond to this person. But I think it's very important. I think it Okay, it takes two to tango, right? I think it's important for the person who's being reached out to for help to be careful of how they respond to this person. Because let's say someone is constantly reaching out to you for help with their mental health and you are feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, we're all human and you're, you've been feeling irritated with them lately because mm -hmm. of how often they've been reaching out to you or because of the time of day or night that they've been reaching out to you, you've been feeling irritated. It's important to take a step back before you respond to them because if you respond to them in a hurtful manner or in a passive aggressive manner, you, you could really negatively affect someone, right? And that, that's the thing that it, it's important to be careful of how you respond to someone. So I would say if, you know, someone is reaching out to you for mental um, health advice or for support and for whatever reason you feel you're unable to give them that support instead of brushing them off or being, you know, whether it's intentional or unintentional, being mean to them, I would say, I'm so sorry you're going through this and I want to help you. Um, I'm just not sure how. Have you considered this? Have you considered looking into therapy? Have you considered this? Right? Mm -hmm. You could say something like that instead of saying, you know, you've been hitting me up all the time and it's like getting on my nerves. Okay. I really wouldn't recommend saying something yeah. like that. Okay. Because, yes, I understand we're all human and you also have to take care of your own mental health. You know, if you find something is draining for you, it's important to recognize that and set boundaries, but you can do so in a kind way. Okay. So that's to the person, that's a message to the person who is responding to, you know, cry for support. Um, now, the person who is seeking support, uh, sometimes, you know, we can feel like we're in a really dark place and we just need help. So we try to latch on to whoever we can. Um, if you find you are really struggling, I would really recommend seeking therapy right? And still relying on your support systems, having them there, having them in place, but trying to get to the goal of being your own therapist. And how do you do this? Well, first, you would need to start treatment or therapy or whatever form of treatment that works for you. And the hope and the goal is that one day you'll be able to support yourself, maybe not entirely, but um, more than you were able to in the past so that you can rely on yourself more. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's just my personal advice. I mean, I don't know. Um, but I don't really have a solid answer of how to deal with that kind of situation. Tina, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because honestly, 
that's the best that I could think of. But it's a it's a tricky situation to be in on Mm -hmm. both sides, I feel like. Yeah, no, I really love that you shared what the support person, like how they can respond. I feel like tell them like, oh, like, sorry that you're going through this. I need to take a step back and, and we can talk about this later. I feel like maybe that person needs time to process um, what's the person just told them, like all this information, they might feel a bit overwhelmed and like, maybe step back and be like, oh, I, I'm going to think about this. So I need some time. Uh, I need a bit of space to think about this, to process all of this. Um, but we can talk about it later. Like maybe maybe it's just at that time, you're not able to mentally respond to that or or be present for them or just be there for them. Yeah. I think that's something that they could say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, for sure. And this is one thing, actually, I, I follow some therapists on Instagram, too. Yeah. And one thing I saw, yeah, they're very useful sometimes, yeah. and very helpful. I actually um, about, like how to communicate and what to kind of say, too. But yeah. Yeah, yeah honestly, and if you're going to be on social media, why not learn something beneficial, right? Mm-hmm. But um, what's it called? There's this one therapist who mentioned something interesting. They said that when you use but in a sentence, it takes away the whole first half of what you said. So for example, I love you, but I can't do this right now. Mm-hmm. It yeah. makes you forget about the I love you part and all you focus is on is I can't do this right now, okay. right? Yeah. Um, as opposed to saying something like I love you and I don't have time for this right now. Do you have time to talk later, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. using and in place of but sometimes can help when you are on the receiving end of that message. That's what I learned. And I feel like, um, personally, I feel like it could be helpful. So that's just some random knowledge out there. Because there's, uh, it really is true. Like the choice of words really does make Mm -hmm. a difference. Um, So to be mindful of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And yes, I do have one more thing I want to say about this question. The last thing I will say about this is... um, there's also the reverse situation that can happen. So instead of someone that's constantly seeking support for their mental health, you could have someone who you find is just distancing themselves. And this can be scary for the person who wants to give support, for the person who is worried about, you know, the, the individual who's experiencing um, this mental health issue, right? So, like, I've had people in my life who... Um, they had been struggling with uh, their mental health and I noticed that they were being distant and it worried me. And I also felt insecure because, you know, maybe it was because of my anxiety, but I felt, Oh, is this person, you know, okay, did I do something or are they upset with me? You know, kind of like the overthinking thing I mentioned way in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, So I reached out to them and I was like, Hey, you know, I haven't seen you in so long. I haven't talked to you. I'd really love to hang out. And I was so hopeful, right? Because I wanted to see this person um, and I miss them, but they didn't respond. And I was like, oh, now I just feel bad, right? I feel hurt. But what I didn't realize at that time is that that person is going through something and it's very difficult, okay? And I now know that that person needs space in order to heal and deal with the things that they are dealing with. Um, So... I would just like to advise others that I know it's easy to um, 
focus on ourselves and our own feelings. And, you know, if we feel hurt, if we feel sad, if we feel like neglected, but it's always beneficial to consider the other side. Did you ever stop to think, why is that person, why is that person's behavior changing so suddenly? Are they going through something? Maybe what they need right now is not more time with me or other people. Maybe what they need right now is space. Okay. And if someone says that they need space, the healthiest thing you can do for them is to respect their boundaries and give them that space. That being said, I do understand it's a concern to make sure that they're doing okay. So you can always check up with them once in a while just to make sure that everything's good. Or, you know, if they're, if they're not in the space to be able to respond to you, um, just knowing that there is someone in their life who is able to check up on them that's all you really need. And I think you just have to let things be and give that person their space, right? So Mm -hmm. mental health is a really individual and personalized thing and everyone has their own needs. And I think it's important to be able to respect that person's needs and give them, you know, what they need to be able to heal. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) No, that was really good. That was a lot of information, but um, yeah, there was so much that, I felt it was so powerful, um, your advice and, and what you said. Um, like, even with what you just said about giving people space, like, I think a lot of us, sometimes we might message someone and they don't respond. And then you might overthink and be like, oh, was it me? Like, are they mad at me? Like, why are they not responding? Do they not care? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. But again, with what you said, sometimes like, you don't know what's going on in their lives and you don't have to personalize it. So it's, it may not even be about you, right? It could be like they're going through something. They don't have time to respond. Um, I don't think it's because of you. Um, so like, yeah. sometimes, like, you know, it has happened to me too. Like before I might think that way, but I might have to like switch that mindset and be like, okay, they might be like really busy right now. They're going through stuff themselves. So, you know, I'll check in later. And, you know, once in a while, I do try to check in with friends too, because you don't know how they're doing and you definitely cannot tell how they're doing just through a screen mm-hmm. and just from messaging. Right. Um, yeah. And then when you mentioned about the, your experience where someone might ask you like, Oh, why are you so quiet? I completely relate to that. I've experienced it many times in my life. Um, I don't like it. It happens a lot. You are put on the spotlight and sometimes you just, don't really want to say anything you just want to listen you want to sit back and listen um, or you don't feel that comfortable sharing and I think that's fine like I think or it even takes maybe for you it's like it takes time for you to process some things I I am someone who just think before I say something too and I think that people should be mindful of maybe instead of asking oh, why are you so quiet you can say like what are your thoughts on this Tina you know exactly like, that's like, a much that's better approach way instead of just pointing out like why are you being this way being present yeah like, I'm just I'm there you know but you're, include me in your conversation right mm-hmm. um, so that's like another way of of saying things and being more mindful of the other person um and then you just covered a lot of really good things. Um, I also <laughs> think, like, I'm sorry that you had experienced toxic energy where you felt like could use some support or that you didn't feel like that person was really there for you and instead started to take offense to um, what you were dealing with. I think mm-hmm. that 
nobody should be ta- attacking anybody for what they're experiencing or their personality or who they are, um, but rather really try to like understand and, and be there for that person. Um, but anyways, back to this yeah. question and mental health related, yes. you had a lot of great points. So I only, I'm just going to add on to a little bit of what you said to always be kind to people, whether or not, you know, there are, they are experience any sort of mental health condition, even if you do know that they are experiencing it to not treat them any different. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't want to be like singled out or anything. It's just maybe just be more mindful of how you communicate with that person. If you do know someone who is experiencing any mental health condition, the best you can do is really be there for them and to let them know that you're here for them. I think a lot of times we don't know what to do um, mm-hmm. because we're not equipped with that type of information. Uh, ask them how you can support them. Yeah, that's and a good idea. A very if, good idea. Yeah, and if they want to talk about it, sometimes they don't want to talk about it and that's okay. They may mm-hmm. come to you and when they feel comfortable. And if they do, just listen and listen to understand. I think that, you know, as long as you're there listening and validating how they feel and their experience, um, that's already enough. Sometimes you don't have to try to solve their problems or give advice. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't need that. We just want someone to be there and listen. Yeah. Um, and in terms of setting boundaries, I think that's really important. Um, for sure, surround yourself with people who, who love you and uplift you and limit the interactions with those who are more, maybe more negative or have toxic energy as what you have mentioned. And Mm -hmm. I know sometimes it can be hard. Maybe that person is a family member or a friend in your close group of friends circle. Um, But sometimes, yeah, I guess what you can do is limit your interaction with them or remove yourself from that environment. Um, Yeah. So like Mm -hmm. even say like, if you were in a toxic work environment, it, it is a lot harder to just like quit your job or something like that. But um, it is sometimes just like removing yourself from that space when you can. Um, and um, I know for myself, like I don't tolerate being treated with any type of disrespect. So, mm-hmm. so like for sure, like make sure you set those boundaries. And also, like, don't judge people for what they are feeling and thinking, Um, especially don't judge yourself. I realize this, that as I'm going through, like, therapy or different situations, um, that, oh, I'm actually might be judging myself. Like, I, something that I would tell myself now is, you know, just allow yourself to feel what you feel and don't judge yourself. So, yeah, yeah. That's really important um, about what you said about, mm-hmm. um, you know, if uh, you um, have someone toxic that you're close to, like, let's say they're um, a part of your family or they're a very close yeah. friend that you rely on or something like that. Um, if you find that you're unable to distance yourself from them because maybe you live with them, maybe you see them all the time or maybe you like work with them. I don't know what it could be, um, but 
if you do have access to therapy into a therapist, I would highly suggest going to your therapist and say, hey, you know, I'm always around this person. I'm really having trouble dealing with them, but I'm not in a space to remove myself right now or to be away from them. How can I cope? Right? Mm -hmm. Because you need to be able to know how to cope if you're going to be around that person. And you don't want your mental health to suffer. So that's really important. Yeah, um, I hear that you should always talk to yourself the way that you would talk to your best friend or treat yourself the way that you would treat your best friend. You know, like if I came to you and said, Tina, oh my God, I did something so embarrassing. I'm mortified. I can never show my face again. You wouldn't be like, oh yeah, Sarah, I just wouldn't show my face again if I were you. You wouldn't say that to me, right? Yeah, (laughs) you talk about this thing. Yeah, because I would to myself, oh, like I'm so nice to my friends. I need to be nice to myself too. Yeah. It's always nice to practice that. And I find what helps for me personally is to have an actual dialogue, you know, if you want to do it in your room. So, you know, it's private and doesn't look like you're just talking to yourself. And by the way, self-talk is very normal, by the way. I talk to myself all the time. (laughs) Yeah, self-talk is very normal. But um, yeah, it could be helpful to actually have a vocal dialogue about it and talk to yourself, like role play, right? Role play Mm -hmm. you and person B person A and person B and help yourself with that if you find that you don't have anyone available to talk you through things at that Mm -hmm. moment yeah yeah okay everyone it looks like we are having a really great conversation here please tune in to our next episode for part two of mental health and therapy with Sarah